And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. DVR, what do you think? About Gorman or about you? <laughs> <laughs> about Gorman. I'm fine with who I am. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite hour-ish of the week. It's Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With me as always, my friend and yours, Ian Khan. Hello, my friend. Your friend of mine, Dave <laughs> Good morning. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Yeah. How, how you doing, DVR? Pretty good. Flying home to Wisconsin, actually, in a few hours. So it's going to be nice to see family, see friends. Haven't been back since I left in August to move. Wow. wow. It's a big so deal. So this show's going to be 15 minutes long so DVR can get to the plane. It is not going to be 15 minutes long. We do not have a hard out today. That is, the, we, we ended up- We have a soft out. We have a soft out. The plane it takes off in nine hours, so yeah, I got to pack and I got to get to the airport. <laughs> I've got, I've got a couple, I've, and 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 I spent twenty minutes just like talking right before the show, just the three of us, and just kind of getting everything out. So, uh, so we've we were already going to be on for a long time today. Yeah, good time. That's why I feel like we're already a little relaxed and loose. We've been talking for a half hour, basically about yeah. fun stuff, fun stuff, um, good stuff. On today's show, there's a lot. Like I really. Uh, I sat there for like two hours last night. <laughs> just put a bunch of stuff. I don't think we're going to hit all of this. Um, so I, this might be a column in the future. So stand by for that. Uh, some Joe Adele stuff I'd like to get into as we do every week. There's some uh, Nolan Gorman news we should talk about. Uh, I ended up doing like a decent amount of minor league stuff. But I think that's because at this point in the season, that's kind of like guys are getting called up. Some of these youngsters are getting called up. Who are the next ones? I think is the next natural question. And there are some names. I did the Milb run last night and saw some people that I wanted to talk about. Um, but let's start with Joe Adele because this morning I bought a Joe Adele card for $21.99. A, a Joe uh, Adele rookie card, I'm hoping? Joe, this is a Joe Adele Bowman first paper, not the chrome, but it's a PSA 10, um, which I you know, another story for another time, but I'm only buying PSA 10s from now on or SGC 9.5s. I'm not messing with these PSA 9s. Um, <laughs> if you're into cards, you know what I'm talking I about. Guess, I guess I guess they will. Okay, good enough. Keep going. Keep going. You're good. Twenty one ninety nine is like, I mean, that's giving up on Joe Adele essentially. Um, not for me, but for the person selling it. I, I like. I read this great story. It was in the, uh, I think it was St. Louis Tribune. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah. I think it's Salt Lake. Oh, Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah I read right. the article. D- DVR. Did you read this article? I'm going to read it now or speed. Yeah, read you it. have time because Nando's going to do, keep going. It's not that long and it's interesting, actually, quite interesting. Well, that's a thing. Like, I mean, like, I, I, Ian, you read, like, I walked away from this being like, wow, I hate Joe Madden and I hate the Angels. No. Nah. Because Joe, Joe Adele's very graceful with this whole thing, you know, like, okay, yes. they sent me down. But he was like, it came out of nowhere. I wasn't playing every day. I was kind of wondering what was going on. I did the best I could. I contributed. You know, I've been really good lately. Uh, I'm like, he was going to like two exact examples where he's like, you know, I drove in some runs on this. I don't know what it'll take or what there's left to show. Um, it was really like a very, it was I, actually, this is almost like an Ian article in a way in that it was like Joe Adele just talking about his mindset and his feelings and like, uh, 
you know, they were, the word decompress was in there. I started, here's a quote from Adele. I started playing every third day. They were doing a lot of matchups in the lineup and kind of threw me aside a little bit in terms of the matchups. So now I can play every day. That's what he's talking about going down to, uh, to the Salt Lake Bees, I believe they're still called. Anyway, great uh, story. And I just want to know, I mean, like, Ian, is this, I mean, you didn't come out of here angry being like, well, they screwed over Joe Adele. They really, they're ruining him and his development. Or they were before they sent him down. No, I, I did not. Come, I actually came away feeling really good about Joe Adele after reading this article, especially in comparison to Willie Calhoun. Now, it's different. Willie Calhoun's 27 years old. Joe Adele's 23 years old. So he's got more time than Willie Calhoun. Uh, also, I just want to say one thing about Joe Madden. I saw a stat last night. There was a lot of talk about Joe Madden not keeping his job. That if he didn't make the playoffs this year, he wasn't going to keep his job. If you look back at Tampa, his first year he won like 61 games. His second year he won 66 games. His next season he won 94 and won the pennant. Jason Collette can write to me and tell me, yeah, that's exactly how it went down. Or I was off by a couple of games. But here's what I'll say. He's doing it now in Los Angeles with the Angels, who are a ridiculously fun team to watch. Oh, my God. Is Mike Trout indeed the best player in baseball again? Maybe. Maybe yes. Maybe yes. Got him at 12. I got him at 12. You win win that. And and all of the arguments against Mike Trout. Now, as as DVR wisely told me before the show, it's May. Don't don't start taking any laps. Uh, So there's a there's a calf muscle that's ready to be pulled. There's a there's a hamstring and. Gosh knows, but boy, does he look great. It was also Anthony Rendon with his lefty home run last night. Don't know if you guys saw that, but it was awesome. He's facing Brett Phillips, who was throwing lollipops. I think that should be the rule. You bring in a pitcher, although, anyway, I got to get back to Joe Adele. And unwritten rules are crap, especially when teams are scoring seven runs in the ninth. Joe Adele came off great in this He loves the unwritten rules. I hate the un- I, I hate that you can't you should be able to I saw the Giants stole second up 8-2 in the 8th and I was like good because you know what the Mets scored 7. The, the, the teams are coming back. Like you, you don't get to you don't no more unwritten rules on that. Like keep playing the game till the game is over. Ian likes hitting guys. No, I don't like hitting guys at all. I really don't like hitting guys. Make your point. I'm just messing with you now. Joe Adele. Yeah, that's right. Joe Adele. DVR is texting me things to say to rankle you. (laughs) No, he's not. Joe Adele handled himself with elegance and was just sort of like, he did have that line about, I don't know what else I need to show here. Here's what he needs to show. He needs to show that nothing. He's hitting in three games, three doubles, two home runs, 455 average. Yeah, but he's facing AAA pitchers. OPS. It's different when you're facing better pitchers, man. You don't have a a near two OPS, no matter what league you're playing. in. Yeah. Well, let him do that for another two. You wouldn't have that in high school. Torkelson needs to go down and succeed. Sending guys down is good. Not bad. It's upside because you've got it. This game is all about confidence and like Torkelson's confidence is shot. He's overmatched right now. They need to send him down to AAA. He maybe need to be down there for three months, to be honest, like give him time down in the minors till he can really start being the best player in AAA because right now he's one of the worst players in the major leagues, right? DVR, who does that benefit? Because Akil Badu is also down in the minors. That's where he should be. That's where Who he takes should that be. Spencer. What's the move? Like if Spencer Torkelson gets, and we want to anticipate that today before it happens, who is the beneficiary? Mm, it might not even be any one particular player. It could just be a mix and match because they'd probably play scope more at mm-hmm. first if they send Torkelson down, and then they'd mm-hmm. play both Harold and Willie Castro probably in combination at second base. Yep, that's right. So I guess that's it's probably much. split between those two guys. I mean, Riley Green's not running yet. He'll be back in. He'll be back in four weeks. 
looking forward to it. This is this decision to demote Adele. I think this is some some wrong place, wrong time for him as a player. I mean, they did try to clear to their spot when they got rid of Justin Upton during spring training. I think the the, the pressure on Adele to show something new at AAA is is kind of vague, right? He sort of hints at that. It's like, well, what's the difference? Like, what what's the thing that I can show you at AAA that makes you convinced that I'm going to come up and contribute again at the big league level? Since last season, we saw him really kind of show a lot at the AAA level. It's about a half season's worth of games. K rate was a little on the high side at 29.2%, but he hit 289 with a 342 OBP. He slugged 592. We saw 23 homers in those 73 games. He was 8 for 10 as a base dealer. I mean, what are they looking for? A lower K rate and more consistency defensively. And if he shows those two yeah, things for X amount of time, three weeks, a month, then they bring him back up and they use him in the same kind of role he was in before they send him down. I, I understand his frustration, but this is sort of the the tough decision that a, a contending team has to make with a young player who's not playing a lot and unfortunately was striking out a lot when he was playing. This came up on the show, geez, three or four weeks ago now. When the K rate was up to begin the season at the big league level, he had two series against Houston. The Astros seemingly figured out Joe Adele. There's still a strikeout problem in general that he needs to figure out over time. But I think those matchups actually have made the strikeout rate look even worse than it actually is. Guys, guys, we're thinking of this too much in a fantasy context. It's not just about the bat. It's about the glove. I, as as a former coach of Little League and now watching my son play baseball. Are you not coaching anymore? No, I'm not coaching this season. I took a season off to give my son a chance to have a different coach and give me a little bit of a break, which is very positive. Doug Contreras has a different coach now, and my son's playing travel ball, which has been a very good experience. Here's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Why would you mention him? Dougie, you know DVR's going to beep his name out. No. No, he doesn't. No, Doug Contreras. I love Doug Contreras. All right. Um, love the kid. Defense That's not what matters. you say off air. Yeah, it is. Shut up. Defense <laughs> matters. Defense matters so much when it comes to baseball because baseball is about momentum. Baseball is about mindset. Errors really make a difference in baseball games. I, I don't know if there's ever been a statistical analysis of like how who wins games based on errors made, but it changes momentum. And Joe Adele was not the worst outfielder in baseball, but maybe the third worst outfielder in baseball, consistently making bad plays, including a four-base error that he, he, he messed up. These things change everything for pitchers. It changes everything for teams. So if we just look at the bat and say, well, what does he have to prove? Okay, I, I see why you're like, yeah, but he's got to be out there in the field. And again, the DH is not available for that team because Otani is available, is, is in that spot. So I just I just really want to put that out there that that it has more to do with defense than it has to do with anything else in my opinion because and if we think back to what Madden said in spring training he said he still has things to work on he 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 signaled at least in the press Madden needs to do a better job of talking to his players but he signaled in the press there's still stuff to work on with Joe Adele we should change the name of the show to Under the Radar slash Joe Adele well I think he's I mean like this is an incredible buy, buy low opportunity. If you can get it, I think. I mean, like maybe they make some blockbuster trade. Um, although I don't know what they need right now because they're stacked. They're not stacked in the middle infield. David Fletcher's now out for the next three months, so you're looking at Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez, Jack Mayfield in the middle. I mean, and and then Tyler Wade or Taylor Ward. T- Taylor Ward. Well, and and actually, I feel like they dropped Justin Upton to give Taylor Ward that job. 
and the idea was that that Adele, but also there's an injury. There's one in, he's one injury away from being back up in the major leagues and getting regular playing time. He's one Mike Trout calf muscle pull away from being the starting. Uh, Joe Madden will find another Joe Madden guy to put in there instead. Too, maybe and maybe. screw him up. I mean, what do you, you could trade him for? You could put you could give sell Adele to a rebuilding team to get their best pitcher and a shortstop on a short contract. You know, not Javier Baez, but kind of like similar to the Javier Baez trade. And then you get somebody who's under team control for three years, a pitcher, a great middle reliever. You know, like. Clay Holmes for four years, I'm combining teams, and four months of a Javier Baez type, you know? Or like a, a Trey Turner type. And then they're not going to do that because they're ridiculously the best team in baseball. Anyway, that's my take on the Angels, uh, Joe Adele situation. I feel like he needs to go Jed down. Lowry. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> Jed Lowry and uh, no, Frankie Montas. See, now, actually, there you go. That's There's your trade. Frankie Mont- Montas, turns out it's Montas, Frankie Montas for Joe Adele. Two years of Montas for five years of Adele. DVR, do you take that trade? Who who says no? I think I saw this trade on Twitter. Somebody put that put this up. And I was like, yeah, that actually kind of fits if they weren't in the same division. DVR, who do you take? I, I tweeted it, and I oh, think you. I would rather, I'd rather be on the A's <laughs> side of that long term. I'd, I'd, I'd still rather see. Wait, you tweeted that exact deal? Yeah, Montas for Adele. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So wow, I, I didn't know that. So sorry. That's why I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I didn't act like I. I'm glad I didn't <laughs> oh, act bad. like I just yeah. came up with that because you were like Ian. I know. I, I did. My bad. No, sorry, no. Diver. It's all right. No, but so DVR, you who would, It's all right. Uh, I, why would I mute you? I don't know. Your obviously your political views, but <laughs> otherwise, I think you're fine. It's just so such a bully that Nando Defino. <laughs> DVR. DVR. So you're saying you would take? Hey, let's mention that 12 year old's name seven or eight more times. Dougie Contreras, love the kid. Yeah, Frankie Montas. DVR has a plane to catch. Frankie Montas for Joe Adele. If that trade went through, who do you think wins that trade? The 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 A's would win that trade with Adele. I think they would win it long term. But yeah, I also think there'd be it, it wouldn't be a straight up trade. It was it was more like these are the principles of the trade. So I think if the Angels could also get. You know the extra thing they need, whether it's Lowry or something else, that I think would balance it out really well, where it would make a lot of sense for both sides. I, I think the the principle of the deal is very fair. Huh? Like a Grant Holmes or Grant Holmes coming over, or a good middle reliever. I mean, who do they AJ, have? AJ Puck. Nah, they can't give Puck in that deal. You don't get Why? Puck. Says he's doing middle relief right now. Yeah, I don't even I know, know if but, he's going to start. Yeah, is but, he going to start? Mm, probably not, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You give Puck in that deal because who knows? I mean, Puck could end up being better than Adele. You know what I mean? Could could end up being better than Adele. Equal equal pedigree there. Number five pick in the draft, uh, AJ Puck. Like you can't ever forget that. So yeah, but I, it was whoever. I remember thinking, God, this is really smart, and it was DVR. So that makes sense. All right, what else we got? Well, tell you, I, was, I did some milbing last night, and there's actually a guy. Who's not in the CBS database? I had to send Scott White a note. Our friend, hey, it's maybe Scott. White. Oh, actually, wait. Let me run ahead to this. DVR is going to be gone Memorial Day for our show that week, um, and we're searching for co-hosts. So, if you have any suggestions, hit us up at fantasypods at theathletic.com. Um, we've thrown some names around internally, but you know, like I know, like Cushing already did this show. I would like to give like 
Christopher Carroll right now. I'm kind of thinking right. it might be fun. All right, yeah, you know, I you know you don't get you don't like him, which might make it for a good show. I, I don't know Chris. I've never <laughs> met Chris. I think Chris is great. He's put up with your dumb ass for ten years, so he's got to be pretty good. Um, That's not nice. Well, no, neither was the Dougie Contreras. Maybe we can, I don't know. We would, I don't think Tristan Cockroft would be able to do it because he's at ESPN, but they don't have a. They don't have a show anymore, right? I mean, maybe him or Carabelle would want to do it. Maybe, but either either way, we'll miss we'll miss the Chibata because he's we'll the miss man. DVR. Yeah, are you kidding? Without DVR, it'll, the show sound like what it just sounded like for the last sixty seconds. My vote was Lenny Melnick, <laughs> the legend. Anyway, all right. So all right. So hit us up. Just let us know who you'd like to see on the show. If you got any good suggestions, please let us know. Uh, oh, you know who might be great? Joel Pinero. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Or I, I'd love to get Robert Mershak on the show one day. I really would. He's, he's a he's an awfully smart guy, and he's my partner in so many leagues. Can we let's talk about DeYoung? Was that a surprise to you, DVR, that DeYoung got sent down to the minors? Not entirely. Um, I did see some bounce back potential in his profile because I thought, as kind of a boring accumulator, he was going to have a shot at keeping the job all season. Basically, I thought he could recapture what he was doing in 18 and 19 again. You know, 230, 240 average, 315 OBP, cheap power, draws some walks, doesn't strike out too much, and he just hasn't been able to get back. The K rate is higher than it's ever been. This is a guy they had that signed to that long-term extension. It wasn't a ridiculous amount of money. It was six for 26 because it bought out a bunch of, of arbitration years. I guess it was in hindsight, it's easier to look back at this and say there wasn't enough guaranteed to him financially to write off the possibility of an outright demotion to AAA. But now where do they go at shortstop? What's their, what's their next move? Who actually wins from this? Oh, we got to figure it figured out. But Tommy Edmonds going to short. That's Tommy that's, Edmonds definitely going to short. That's if you word. read the story. Yeah. Yeah. The word is that they, Tommy they aren't Edmonds. like, no, no, he's never going to short. They were like, there has to be a process of getting acclimated to shortstop. Speaking of which, Luis Garcia is coming up. I'm telling you, in Washington Nationals, go get him. Um, and he can hit. So this looks like Norman Nolan Gorman is going to make his way up. I own Nolan Gorman in Maki, um, and I, I still haven't traded him. We still haven't put him up on the on the wire. I still don't think he's going to really succeed when he gets up here. I think he's going to really struggle with the better pitching. The strikeout rate's going to be through the roof. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to put him up. I'm going to, I got him in score sheet. I'm going to put him up maybe today and see what I can get. Um, although I, sometimes I worry that my carefree, fun attitude leads people to believe that I can be ripped off in trades. Uh, a lot of the offers I've been getting are kind of like, come on, man. Like, I know what I'm doing. It's a persona. DVR, what do you think? About Gorman or about you? <laughs> <laughs> about Gorman. I'm fine with who I am. You're great with who you are. Good. I just reject. Sometimes, you know, if I really don't like the trade, I don't answer the person. That's what I've been doing a lot lately. Oh, man. I hope people aren't doing that to me when I'm reaching out for guests for the uh, Thursday episodes of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. Oh, right, that's my, that was my bad. That's I not, forgot not that you my wrote own it. head. <laughs> don't get it in your head. I answer the follow-up. So I'm worried about Nolan Gorman <laughs> because... I'll be hosting tomorrow with El Melchior, by the way. Yeah, you, you may have guests. I've reached out to a few people if they're available. People travel and you know they have team coverage and all, all sorts of responsibilities, so... Or they might not like me at all and just might be ghosting me on Slack. That's possible, too. Anyway, I think the the way rookies have struggled early this season as a group is not 
that much of a surprise, right? We talked a lot about this throughout the winter. I think it was a recurring theme on every baseball show that I'm on. Athletic baseball show, this show, rates and barrels. We talked about this a lot. The AAA pitching last year wasn't good because there were a lot of injuries in the big leagues. And those depth starters that would have been in AAA putting up you know, decent numbers, they weren't there. So the quality of competition was low. And you look at the leaderboard right now for rookies, and it's not at all an indicator that these guys aren't going to be great players someday. Most of the rookies that we were excited about, most of those guys coming into the season are still below average in terms of what they've done so far. Josh Lowe, 80 WRC plus, 38% K rate, got sent back down. Torkelson, we talked about him earlier, striking out 34% of the time. He's got a 75 WRC plus, 25% below league average. You look at Bobby Witt Jr., not striking out as much, still below average in terms of overall offensive production, right? It takes time. Maybe he's starting to put the pieces together. C.J. Abrams, with all the time he missed in the minor leagues, maybe it shouldn't have been a surprise that he'd come up and, and struggle to hit. Like Witt, not striking out a ton, but the slash line is really empty. I think that's good evidence. That's a great group of prospects. Those are guys that I think we all generally really like long-term. So if we look at a situation where we're waiting on Nolan Gorman and the strikeout rate's been too high, even though he's showing a ton of power at AAA, you have to expect swing and miss upon arrival. And even Julio Rodriguez, who's been you know, the best of the highly coveted rookies so far, I'm kind of not putting Jeremy Pena in the same group. Pena's been good too. Julio Rodriguez has struck out 31.9% of the time. He's been on a tear the last couple of weeks. Looks like he's making the adjustments right now. He's stealing bases. He's been fine in terms of fantasy value, but it's been bumpy in terms of how he's got there. That's a concern. Joey Bart is striking out 46.4% of the time. I saw some. Can I say something about Joey Bart that I saw the other night? Sure. Joey Bart, I was watching, oh, because it was the great night of Monday, and I, I have down in the rundown down below, top of the world to the bottom of the ocean in 24 hours. Um, I watched Joey Bart. Oh, so this is something that you're pretending to segue into as a no, random no. spontaneous thought, but is really part of the rundown. No, Joey Bart. It's just he mentioned Joey Bart, and I didn't even put it in the rundown. Joey Bart said, uh, jo Joey Bart got pinch hit for in the sixth inning and was so mad that he picked up his gear and went into the clubhouse. And it was inappropriate. Passion. I guess, but also not a very good team player. And what did you say his strikeout rate was, DVR? 46.4%. Well, that's why you got pinch hit for, brother. I mean, you, you. but but watching him do that, that kind of stuff hurts teams. You can't afford that stuff. And I, it, it made me downgrade Joey Bart a little bit in my mind, a little bit. Not that I own him anywhere, but I, I wasn't I wasn't happy with that. DVR and I will donate $10 to charity of your choice if okay. you make an on-the-spot limerick about Joey Bart. No, I can't do it, so I'll... I'll Come on! I'll, you know how many <laughs> words rhyme with Bart? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was all about. So, yeah, so that's what that's what the, that's the that's what's happening with the rookies, and that's what I, I agree with you, DVR. I just Sorry, think, Red Cross. I think, <laughs> I think that the, the AAA numbers... Uh, the, kids are, the kids are struggling, and it, it's... You know, it's it's. I sat Torkelson in a league this week where it was just like we can't have him in there anymore. He's just struggling so much. He's down to eighth in the order. It's really it's really challenging. So Gorman might break that, but I I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Can we talk about a kid who's not struggling, who is on zero radars right now? Please. And it was Lindsay Adler in our beat writer roundup when we asked, like, who's who's someone, I think we actually used the term under the radar, who, like, you know, people should consider um, for fantasy. And she's nailed this before. She had Gio Urshela a couple of years ago before he broke out. She, she threw out J.P. Sears. And J.P. Sears is on, it like, an insane streak in the minors right now. Um so far, he's got a 0.79 ERA in four games, 11 innings pitch, 11 and a third, 17 strikeouts. Uh, he came up with the Yankees just for a minute. He's got great minor league stats. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Nestor Cortez, like nobody's talking about this guy. He's got low ratios. He actually has a better strikeout rate. Maybe he's more like Jonathan Loisega. Um, I don't know if the Yankees are going to use him as a starter or reliever. It seems like he's, I mean, he's starting games, but he's going like three and two thirds, three innings. Last night, three and two third innings. Eight strikeouts, Whoa. two hits. He's got a. He hasn't given up a run since the end of April. Um, I, I like he's just. And you look at that Yankees rotation. And you're like, someone's going to get hurt, and they're going to have to replace him with someone. And that someone could be J.P. Sears, and he could just be the dude who gets up and stays up and is amazing. Much like Nestor Cortez. Much like Jordan Montgomery. Like all these these guys, these Yankees prospects that no one talks about because they're kind of blinded by the Estevan Florials. Um, J.P. Sears is a really good pitcher, and he might be the next man up if someone gets hurt for the Yankees. I'm sorry. I, I was watching some film for a second on J.P. Sears. I, <laughs> he, well, no, I mean... Zoom in on those eyes, man. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm well, Really, I'm looking at, at how fast the ball is going and the spin rate, which I don't have the numbers on, but I could just... I look at the spin rate and watch, like... Frankie Montas, just that ball just dives. I mean, you know, he he looks he he looks solid. He looks solid, um, like a, a solid pitcher. And if the, those numbers are are really impressive, DVR, do you know much about Sears? I, I think he's going to be broken in as another bulk reliever, and then how that goes will determine whether or not he gets a chance ahead of you know, Michael King or Luis Heal or some of those other guys. I think it's it's interesting to me that. They've had some significant control issues with some of the higher upside depth arms. Heal himself has actually struggled with walks, and last time out he pitched really well at AAA. Uh, but you wonder, like, is, is Clark Schmidt really going to be used as a regular starter at any point? I think there's reasons to be skeptical of that. Davey Garcia, I think all this is to say that we wouldn't have expected Nestor Cortez to end up in the rotation if we had this conversation two years ago. And 
it might take a little longer than we would like, but I'm intrigued by J.P. Sears. It seems like guys just don't pick him up real well. So that'll be J.P. Sears. Like that's what we when we talked about Nando and the Nando guys, it, not, you know, Nestor Cortez, we were talking about him in 2019, 2020. And now in 2022, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So I think what it means is that J.P. Sears, just put that in the back of your of your mind so that when Sears starts to show that he always oh, coming up, oh, maybe I'll take a flyer on that. And that may just work out for you. I had a dollar bid on him last night and then he went and did the eight strikeouts and three and two thirds. This is Scott White Dynasty League. I went and brought it up to $3 because I thought someone was going to see that that Brian Hutch tweet and go after him in and the Dynasty League. Did you get him? Yeah, I got him for 3 I could have got him for 1 No one else bid. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like, hey, JP Sears has gone completely unnoticed for a month and a half in this league. Uh, I got I to gotta up my bid to $3. Well, speaking of somebody like that, I picked up with Robert Mershak. Oh, Bubba Thompson this past week yeah. in DL one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I and and I I said to him, I said he the kid's doing great, and the kid's doing great, and also like we're talking about him on the show so much. So I think we bid like twenty six dollars. We probably didn't need to bid twenty six dollars, but it's like I wanted him. I want to have him. I want to have. I want to get me some Bubba Thompson in the world. Um, so and, that round and, rock team is nasty. So Leody Tavares is killing it in AAA. DVR does that? Does he feel like another rookie, or because he's been up and seen and failed, and now coming back up? Probably you would think he would come back up. Uh, do you think he might succeed? Do you think he comes up this year? Yeah, I think they got to bring him back up at, at some point. I mean, there's power, there's speed. He's not walking as much as he did when he arrived in Texas in the pandemic shortened season not walking quite as much as he did last year, even at AAA when he spent more than half a season there. Uh, but he's kept the K rate under 25% for the second straight year. I think they take the chance. Part of what makes Leody Tavares uh, the kind of player that a major league team will take a chance on is his glove. He's a yep. very good defensive center fielder, so you can you can accept some swing and miss if you're getting plus defense up the middle and you're getting that power-speed combo. I, I guess my question, to throw it back at you guys, is what if he's a, another Michael A. Taylor sort of player, right? I mean, that's that's disappointing. But if there's a chance he's better than that, if there's a chance you're going to get cheap speed, I mean, look at look at stolen bases in rotisserie leagues right now. Look how clustered together those are. Part of it is that the, it's the early part of the season. It could be a pretty big move if he gets the opportunity just to have him come up and steal some bases for you. And it might not even be the case where you pick him up and he's in your lineup for the rest of the season. It might be just a temporary fill-in as your last outfielder. Uh, but I, th- I think having having been up before, I think it gives a hitter a slightly better chance of actually yeah. being able to make those adjustments and keep the K rate from getting into the 35 40% range where guys get sent back down. I can say as an actor, when you audition in the big rooms, right? If you're auditioning for a big Broadway musical, which I used to do many years ago and I'm still kind of in the musical idea of doing musicals. The first time you step into the big room where 30 people are behind a table and you're singing. You would have been good in Groundhog Day. As as Bill Murray? Or, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, the, the guy in the Broadway. Version. The Broadway. The, yeah, the, that guy kind of reminds me of you a little those bit. Guys, those guys worked a lot harder than I did to get their voices to, you know, to, to that level of being able to do eight shows a week, which is just insane to be able to pull off. But th- when you're in that room the first time, I remember it was the first time I was at Lincoln Center, and it was, uh, it was Thoroughly Modern Millie or something. And Jay Bender, who was a very famous casting director who just passed away, 
like I, I was 22 years old and I was auditioning in front of like the Schubert organization and, and it was at Lincoln center. And right before he looks at me, he goes, I love you. Cause that's how we talked. And we went in and I just croaked. I just, I just disappointed so badly. I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at all these people. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be like three people behind the table. There's 30 people here. And then the next time I was in that situation, I was like, they're going to be 30 people behind that table. Get your head ready for that, right? And I think that that's true with baseball players. I think maybe we understate what it's like to play in front of 50,000 people. Um, I think that I'm telling you it's mindset, mindset, mindset. It's all about where your head is at. In baseball, in life, if you think you're going to succeed, you're going to succeed. If you think you're going to fail, you're going to fail. If you're not sure, you're going to fail. You've got to believe in yourself. And it's hard to believe in yourself. It's a hard game, you know? Yesterday, I was out front with my son, and I'm not coaching Little League anymore, so I can take him out more and, like, just work with him with tennis balls, throwing it real hard at him, and he's ripping the ball and ripping the ball. And he was, like, he had just unlocked something in his mind. Because I was like, we had like a really dirty tennis ball, right? It was like a gray tennis ball because it had been out in the rain and then in the dirt and then in the rain. So I said to him, I said, look, look at this ball. This ball is harder to see than the yellow balls that I'm throwing at you. So you got to look more carefully. He said, okay, I'll look really carefully. So he looks really carefully, boom, and like hits a bomb. And I was like, okay, now this is a yellow ball. Here's a yellow ball. Can you do the same thing with your eyes on the yellow ball that you had to do on the gray ball? Can you give that same level of attention? He's like, yeah, I think I can. I was like, great. Boom. I was like, okay, let's keep going. Boom, boom, boom. Eight shots, bombs, bombs, line drives, bombs. I run to the house. I run inside the house. I say, Nicole, Nicole, come outside. Take my, take my camera. I want you to video this. We've just like had a huge breakthrough. And she's like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. So she comes upstairs. She, I'm like, get behind the door because if you just keep your arm out because he's hitting the ball so hard, like you could take one to the face. So she's like, okay. So we go there. We throw the next. I say, okay, here it is. Look at the ball. Like really look at the ball. Pop up. Miss. Fouled back. Pop up. And he's like, what the hell's going on? He's like, you turn on a record button and I can't hit anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's what it's like. That's what life, that's what life is like. You're killing it. You're killing it. You're killing it. Something shifts. Now all of a sudden it count quote counts much harder as an actor. You have two people, right? How it works. I'm going to just explain this. It's really important over the shoulder. It's over my shoulder onto the other actor. It's over the other actor onto me. The camera's on me. I'm the only one being filmed at this time when that happens. Cause it's rare that you have two people being shot at the same time. It's just one person. The actor I'm working with is one actor I have in mind. Well, I'm not even going to. Let's do it the other way. The camera's on them, and I'm doing my scene. I'm just chill, and I'm relaxed. And I'm like, yo, this is easy. Yeah, I'm doing great work. All of a sudden, the camera comes on me, and all of a sudden, you start to, "Mm." okay, this counts. Oh, mm." and then all of a sudden, you start to get tight. Telling you, that's everything in baseball. It's why I'm looking in the eyes of the players all the time. It's why I'm looking in the dugout. I want to see what kind. That's why Mike Trout is unbeatable. It's why Shohei Otani did not hit one home run in Los Angeles all season. Couldn't hit a home run. Right? They were talking about it on the show, on on, on the on the on, on the broadcast. Can't hit a home run. Can't hit a home run at home. He's hit. He's got five on the road, none at home. Why? Because all the pressures on him, all the commercials, all everything else. So then it was Monday night. Boom, hits his first home run. You know what he does the next time up? Boom, another home run because he broke the the streak of bad. 
It's all about your mindset. So as you look at baseball players and you're deciding what kind of guys you want, look for the guys who have a steady sense of self because the calmer you are in life, the clearer you will think, the clearer you will play. Look for guys who are relaxed. That's what it's about. Thank you. That was beautiful. Do you watch Barry? I do watch Barry, yes, because Stephen Root, who I did turn with and who is a friend of oh, mine. Oh, yeah. Is that the other actor you're just referring to? Oh, God, no. No, no. Stephen Root is, <laughs> Stephen Root is, as, Stephen Root is as good as it gets. Um, no, and he, we went out for uh, breakfast, I guess, about two years ago, and he was like, you know the show you, you watch? And I was like, no, nah, I've never watched. He was like, you don't watch Barry? You're not watching the show? I was like, I'm going to watch the show. I will watch the show. He's brilliant. He's brilliant on the show. But how, what is that about Barry? How does Barry reference no, you're just talking about acting, that's all. Yeah. We're watching it. Just oh, I have not watched this new season. I'm going to binge it at the end. But um, yeah, I do like Barry. I do. I like that show. It's a little dark, but I like <laughs> it. Uh, Diver, your guy Jonah Heim is hitting cleanup right now. I don't know. I always associate you with him because uh, of the show because you brought him up a bunch. I brought Is this uh, like, I've got him in Utah. So my Tau Wars team is so badly injured right now. I have Jonah Heim as my utility. It's okay. Because um, I have two good catchers. Well, I mean, I have... Joey Bart and Gary Sanchez as my catchers. I don't want to take them out of the lineup because I do need that power. Uh, you can bench Bart. You can bench both. For oh, Heim, I'm not giving advice. Yeah, all right. Who, uh, on this. And Heim was... I love Heim. I've been loving Heim for, for a very long time, so we're both loving on Heim. Listen, you Heim, I would put Heim above both of those guys in two seconds. Heim is great. It was Melissa. I can't ever remember her last name in Oakland. She writes for The Athletic now. What's Melissa's Melissa last Lockard. name? Melissa Lockhart. She told me about Jonah Heim five years ago when Sean Murphy was coming up, and she was like, there's another catcher named Jonah Heim who's going to be as good as Sean Murphy. That was the first time I heard the name Jonah Heim, and I've been picking him up and dropping him in Dynasty Leagues for years. Jonah Heim is great. And bat and forth, he should be – he's a top 15 catcher. He doesn't play every day because they've got the other dude there, but – I, I think Heim's great. DVR, what do you think of Heim? And do you, don't you agree that he should be starting Heim over Sanchez and over Bart? Yeah, I think over over Bart for sure. Uh, probably Sanchez too. So that solves that problem. I guess there's a question. All right, of thanks guys. Who, who so, actually I mean, gets in? <laughs> but I don't know my. I don't know who else would go into utility. Like Sanchez might go right into utility. Uh, I think the uh, Elvis Andrews is my other okay. only well, healthy yeah, well, player. Maybe no. maybe you're playing the best three right now. But yeah, you might be. <laughs> yeah, it's this is draft and hold too. So I'm screwed. Mm. That's unfortunate. The, yep, that's well, Joe Adele, man. I, I think it's a question of how much are the Rangers willing to DH Mitch Garver? You mm-hmm. know, I, I think if they DH Garver more once he's healthy, then Jonah Heim can play more than he's played to this point. I think the fact that they're using him in the cleanup spot right now says we like this guy. He's a great defender, but they also like his bat. They love how he's hitting right now. So if you look at the, what they're doing at DH, I mean, it's it's a lot of Solak. It was Willie Calhoun a bit before Calhoun went down. There's at least one fewer DH, recurring DH in the mix once Garver comes back. So maybe they coexist in the lineup more often with Heim and Garver. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, you know, I think we should uh, transition to the Ian part of the show since, uh, you know, we don't have a ton of time left. You have a lot of stuff down there. Um, I, it, you know, this is kind of, it's almost like, I don't know if you guys have played puzzle games much or, you know, like the escape the room stuff. Where, like, let, let me guess what this means here. <laughs> That's, um, fair. That's fair. Yeah, right. I mean, it's because sometimes it's just so vague. Like, uh, you know, top of the world to bottom of the ocean in 24 hours. That could be, you know, your, your, All right, so your I, Tower, I, I, Towers ride. It could be an actual theme park amusement ride that you went on literally it's actually not a bad name for and by the way i did tell my wife about your life the lifetime show about the you know that that you created and she was like that would be really a good show um no here's what happened monday night was like the greatest fantasy baseball night of my life not the greatest of my life but in the top you know like three to five times a season you have a, a day where everything lands right like carlos rodon i own not universally, but in a lot of really important spots, he gets the big win. Kyle Hendricks goes eight and two thirds uh, and almost throws a complete game in my NL Tau team. Like everything was just smoking. All the teams were just like amazing. And so yesterday I'm just sitting there going, fantasy baseball is the best and I'm so good. And this is so great. And I love fantasy baseball and everything. And then last night hit and it could not have almost couldn't have gone much worse. And And I went to sleep going, I hate fantasy baseball. This is the worst. This is just the worst experience in the world. And I just think that's informative. And I think we need to remember what DVR said before the show. It's May. It's a 162 game season. It's not fantasy football where it's like one day, you know, there's only 17 weeks or whatever is 18 weeks now or 16 weeks. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I don't know. But in fantasy baseball, it is a long road. And I just want to remind you that when you have nights like Corey Kluber nights and Jesus Lazar, I mean, the topper was I put Dylan Floro. Dylan Floro comes off the IL in the last minute. I call Glenn Colton and I say, look, because we talk NL tout because he he's an NL laborer. So it's a good place for us to talk about like guys who we're seeing and stuff. And I said, you know, I've got Dylan Floro coming off. I could put him in and take Keegan Thompson out. And we kind of talked it through. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go with Floro. Get, get a few extra saves. Maybe get a couple extra saves. So the end of this really bad night, Dylan Fleur comes in in the ninth and gives up uh, three runs on four hits and two walks, right? I mean, like just 
explodes at the end of a really bad night. Joe Ryan messed up in, in Maine. Uh, Corey Kluber and Robert Mershak before was like, are you sure about Kluber? Because he's in he's in Los Angeles against the Angels. I was like, no, look how good he was. We got to go with it. We need the strikeouts. Blah, blah, blah. Everything just kept blowing up in, in my face. And it was just sort of like, this is what it's like. And so when you, the reason I wanted to bring this up is as a listener, when you have those nights, you can feel very lonely and very stupid. We all have those nights. And that's really what I want to say is that like, you're going to have those nights. It's going to happen three to five times a year. And then three to five times a year, you're going to feel like the greatest player in the world. And three to five times a year, you're going to feel like the dumbest player in the world. It's part of the deal. It's part of the the ride of, of it. And very much like life. It's like, you're going to have days where you're like, this is the great, I don't know, life is awesome. And you get days like, oh my God, my life sucks. Fantasy baseball is like a perfect representation of that. And that's what top of the world to bottom of the ocean in 24 hours means. DVR, you want to spin the wheel and pick the next Ian topic? Sure. Let's go with Kimbrel can't get into games. If you own Craig Kimbrel in fantasy and you thought you were going to get saves, I don't think you're going to get many saves because they're winning games 11 nothing, 11 1. And I don't know what to do about that because they're not playing close games, they're blowing teams out. It's like in the travel team, there's some 12-year-old teams that are just ridiculously good, and they win the games 15 nothing. That's what it looks like. So it's actually a larger conversation about the Dodgers. Have you guys had a chance to like watch Dodgers games or like at least be following? DVR, have you been following the box scores or watching the Dodgers games since you're in California now and seeing like what they're doing to teams? Yeah, I see them a couple times a week. They end up being the, the second wave team I watch probably the most. What is that just by like? like they're fun? Yeah, it's just they're loaded with players that either I have on my teams or I just, I'm just curious about. I mean, I, this I, is this is kind of something that this actually came up back during draft season. The fear that they had built an offense so good that save opportunities would be somewhat difficult to come by. Kimbrell's got a few, one, two, three. He's got like a five saves so far this year. It just feels like he never comes on. Like, but but like Jorge Lopez has more, right? But like Taylor Rogers had, and even Taylor Rogers last night getting the save gave up. That was a, oh, that was scary last night. I was up watching Taylor Rogers like just squeak by and barely not blow that save. Frank Schwindel hit a ball all the way to the fence with the bases loaded. It was, it was, it was just a rough night. But like the, the, the Padres are playing close games using the smart system of Colton the Wolfman. Basically, like they say, pick players on good teams. But can you pick a player? Is it sometimes dangerous to pick a closer on a team that's just too good? Or is that am I am I overstating this because I just traded for Kimbrell in one league and own him in AL labor? I think it's at least by numbers not something to be afraid of with a, a good closer who has the job to himself. I mean it's it's interesting. Five saves, they've won twenty games so far. What are they gonna win? A hundred? They're gonna win a hundred and eight. So at the current pace, he'd get 26 saves, but they've also had a pretty easy schedule. I mean, they're a great team that's played a lot of bad teams so far. Okay, that's true, because they've been playing the Pirates and the Cubs and stuff. Pirates, I Cubs, mean, D-backs, Reds, Rockies gotcha. to begin so, the season in Colorado, which the Rockies are exceeding expectations right now, but are they, are they a good team? No. no, they're not. You're right. So, so all right, all right. So that gives me a, a little bit of uh, peace of mind. Speaking of closers, I do think that Garrett Whitlock, they should just move him back and they should put him as the closer. The Red Sox are terrible, which as a Yankee fan is sort of awesome, but um, they, they they really need to move Whitlock back to 
the closer position because he's not great as a starter. He's not making. He, he struggled last night. Three innings, three runs, eighty-one pitches in three innings, or eighty-four run, uh, pitches in three innings. I think that that might solve their problem once they get Sale back, it, who had a unfortunately had a setback. But if, if I, I think Garrett Whitlock belongs back in the closers, Nando, do you think that that would solve their problem? I don't, it seems like they have more problems than just that. So uh, I mean, sure, it seems like the smart move. Uh, like. I have Jake Diekman, and Jake Diekman to me has always been, uh, you know, high strikeout guy, has the ability to be lights out. I thought he was going to be the answer. Um, not so much Hansel Robles. I, you know, we've seen him kind of falter before, but I like I would like to see Diekman get another shot. Not just because I have him, but I do think Diekman could do that because Whitlock seems more valuable as a multi-inning guy, whereas Diekman can just come in for that inning and drop everybody. But then you know? that's that ninth inning mindset of the, the, the calmer you are, the clearer you think, right? And with Diekman, with everyone they're putting in that ninth inning, no one can hold that spot. No one has the combination of stuff and mindset to get the job done. So it makes these closers so valuable. Guys like Hayter, even Hendricks is, is really struggling a little bit. Well, he had that, that really good run in the middle, but he gave but up he that. Ba- he had back injury, right? Didn't he? I mean, he might not just not be back from the back injury. Yeah, he might not be fully back. You're right about that. How is Hayter I got Kendall looking? Graven. I just picked up Kendall Graven and Nail only um, yeah. because of that. He got a save last night. Kendall Graveman got a save last night. DVR, is Hader looking as dominant as he seems on the box score? I never watched the Brewers. Yeah, he looks really good pretty much every time out. And Diaz looks really good. Ariel Cohen, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I spoke to him last night after we did the Colton the Wolfman show, uh, Nando, because he picks up the phone. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> as I mean? said. Edwin Diaz. Edwin, Edwin Diaz is really the best closer in baseball. I mean, he's the best for the money. I mean, you, you can make an argument that haters better. I, mean, I, I get that. But but in terms of what you call I mean, you can get Edwin Diaz for $19, and, and Josh Hader was getting for 25 Different. So. Let me tell you something amazing that happened last night. <laughs> sure. We did the Colton the Wolfman show on Sirius XM. It was a big, it was a lot. Was a Ian and I did the 1015 block. Both of you were on simultaneously. Yes, we were both yeah. on. Because we didn't go out for drinks. So we're, you know, the, they brought us on the show. Nice. And then they're like, you know, Ariel Cohen's coming on the next. Um, do you guys want to stick around? I'm like, you know, just have Ian stick around. Uh, because, you know, they, he does the impression of everything and they're, they're pals. And I stayed on. Like, I, you know, I just muted myself and I stayed on because I wanted to hear it. And I got distracted with something, you know, I had to like finish an edit or something. And I come back to them, my head comes back to the show. And I, I could have sworn it was Ariel Cohen talking and it was Ian doing his impression. And it was it's scary. I think, it was the first point. time I'd ever. It was so scary. It was the first time I'd ever done it on a show that Ariel was on at the same time. I'm always very nervous about doing that because I always feel like it's going to, it's not going to sound exactly right, you know? And, and the last night I was like, who gives a crap? Like, let's just do it. Just go for it. Cause Glenn was like, you got to do, cause I was just doing Nando DeFino impressions. Cause I was having fun doing Nando and Glenn's like, yeah, your Nando's good. It's nothing compared to your Ariel and Ariel's coming on. So will you do it? And I was like, ah, hell I'll do it. So I ended up doing it. And then Ariel started talking. I was like, yeah, it does sound a little bit like that. Yeah, it does. That's Dude, you got like this is we've got to find that clip. I mean, that clip's got to be on demand or something. It's it's I'm on sure demand. We can't, we can't it, play it here, but I mean, the, the, you got to listen to it and just be like, wow. No, what was funny was I did the bit where I said where Ariel goes. You know, I mean, I, I am one of the three, two or three best players. I mean, some people think I'm the best. I mean, I might be the best. I mean, <laughs> I could be the best player in the game. And then Ariel says, and and Glenn says, you like the impression. Just tell everyone. Oh yeah, I mean, I really do like the impression. It's fun. I mean, Ian's a professional actor, and 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 he really does a good impression. And how can you not love that character? He's so much fun. 
It was pretty amazing. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a, it was a fun time. I've done a lot of Ariel Cohen impressions this week because I did Sleeper on the Bus this week with Paul Spore. <laughs> people ask for him? <laughs> no, well, Paul Spore. I did. No, they don't. Paul. They don't ask for him. Glenn did last night, for God's sakes. Uh, but Paul, I did Sleeper on the Bus on uh, Monday with Paul Spore. It was super fun. We really had a good time. Um, and I did, I did a, just a little jot of Ariel Cohen. And so this is really what I do. I just do Ariel Cohen impressions and and you know stuff about what people are thinking. That's that's, that's, that's my whole game. You're more than that. Don't Kyle, sell yourself short. Kyle Hendricks. I wanted to talk about this. Just one more thing about the mindset and DVR. Let us know when we got to go. Um, I'm trying to understand what makes a guy like Corey Kluber go out and throw seven innings of ridiculous good. And then do what he did last night in Los Angeles. Different opponents, of course. But what makes Reed Detmers go from being kind of nothing to throwing a no-hitter with only two strikeouts, by the way, which is notable. Probably how he got there in terms of pitch count. And then how does Kyle Hendricks go from being a wasteland to eight and two-thirds shutout innings against the San Diego Padres striking out, I think, seven? Was it seven? Maybe an eight. I think it was seven. Eight and two-thirds. And I do think it has a lot to do with mindset. As an actor, again, sorry, I'm talking a lot about acting today. When you're doing a, a show, eight shows a week, Monday it, Monday's your day off. Tuesday night, you do a great show. And then you wake up and you're like all night. You're, or no, Tuesday, you haven't thought about the show at all. So Tuesday night, you show up and you're crap. And then Wednesday, you're, Tuesday night, you're like, God, I suck. I got to be better. And so you think about it all night. And then your Wednesday matinee show is awesome. And your Wednesday night show, you're like, hey, I'm great. You suck. And you're like, oh, I suck. I got to be better. Thursday night, you kill it. Best show of the week. And you're like, I'm the best. And then all day Friday, you're like, oh, I'm so good. Let's go for a walk. And then Friday night, you suck. That up, down, up, down. And then eventually when you become a professional at it and you get really good at it, you realize that that's what happens. And you don't let yourself get too high and you don't let yourself get too low. But I think pitchers need to understand this. What is your mindset between the starts? Because Corey Kluber must have felt on top of the world for the last four days. And what did it give him? Eight runs, three innings. So how, if I was a pitching, if I was a GM, if I worked in a, in a, for a, a team, I would be talking to the players about, I would hire somebody to talk to the players about their mindset between games. What do you think of that? I think some teams have someone like that yeah, on staff. I think that exists, doesn't it? Why Why do they struggle so much? I think it's a why hard game. Struggle? I think it's a hard game. I think the, the difference between being good and great is a fine line. I think the difference between being average and good is a fine line any given day. I think the difference between average and, and mm-hmm. below average and below average and terrible, I think those are all those are all smaller gaps than you think in terms of what it takes to be in one versus the other. And there's some days where everything goes wrong, right? Maybe you get some... I don't know, you get some bad food four hours before the game and you feel terrible and you go out there and you just pitch like garbage because you ate garbage. That could happen. There's all sorts of random things like that. But I think this is just variance. I think what happens is we get so dialed in to day-to-day happenings in baseball that we we can forget sometimes that the shape of a season includes these surprising performances. I was just as surprised to see that Kyle Hendricks line as, as anybody else. Reed Detmer's no-hitter was a strange no-hitter. Corey Kluber, does what happened to him with the Angels mean you can't use him his next time out? Not necessarily. No, I think you it it means that he'll he'll be he'll be locked in the next time out unless he's hurt. I mean, I just think it 
it means he's just the same guy he was before the start unless there's something that carries over physically. Unless there's an actual injury, velo loss or something along those lines, he's the same guy. He just got hit by a good team, and that just happens sometimes. Brandon Woodruff gave up, what, five runs to the Reds earlier this yeah. week? Yeah, yeah. I think they said on the broadcast he'd given up four runs at Great American Ballpark in his entire career prior to that start. Does that mean I'm afraid of Brandon Woodruff against the Reds next time? Of course not. No. Like it's just this just happens. This is just one of those weird things that we have to deal with. Nando, do you have a thought? This is one more thing I want to hit before we before we tap out. But do you do you have a thought on this mindset question for these pitchers? I like what DVR said a lot. I just think this is why maybe Joel Pinero is now in the running for Memorial Day week. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Huh? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I, I like that idea. You could ask him these questions. Okay, yeah. And he can answer them. I mean, he pitched for 12 years. Yes. And he knows fantasy. I mean, he's a big fantasy football player, too. So. And he, he had ups and downs, too. There was a time, I remember, when Joel Pinero was, like, really good. I think he was pitching for Tampa. Was it Tampa? St. Louis. Was, St. Louis. Oh, okay. But then he ended up with Tampa. But there was one period of time, I remember one, like, short period of a season where I was like, this kid, this guy's good. Um, yeah, so that would be that would be that would be interesting. The last thing I want—he's been a closer, he's been a starter, right? The last thing I want to bring up is this weird thing that's going on. Edward Olivares is—we talked about him a lot, I think, last week on the show, and he was rising, right? And I went, and I picked him up, I bought him for nine dollars in in Maki, and was planning to break the bank for him in a bunch of places. And and he was playing every day. He was they moved him to lead off. It was like he was ascending and he gets hurt. Manny Margot just became the Manny Margot that I thought he was going to be for the last six years. Stealing bases left and right, hitting the ball, hitting home runs. Like the best he's ever seen. Best we've ever seen him. Byron Buxton happens with him as well. As these guys reach their apex of like, all right, now you're just about to climb and become the guy that you've been dreaming about your whole life. That's when the injuries hit. What's that about? Is it just, I I don't think it's just dumb luck. I I have this weird, you know, like thinking about Icarus and flying too close to the sun stuff and the gods looking down and saying. Yeah, but that was cocky. I mean, these guys are getting cocky. They're just fulfilling their potential. Yeah, man. Marco is just running into second base and his his leg got hurt like he he was doing nothing weird at all i literally watched the injury and they were slow-mo replaying him running and i'm like yeah i can kind of see him just get hurt there and there's nothing there's nothing unusual about what he was doing at all it's just bad luck Do you see what i'm saying is it just we just call it luck that that these guys that they're just getting to that spot and then they get hurt. Is it that they're just working harder or trying harder? I, I don't know. I, I just, it's something that kind of caught my eye and I'm like, why does this keep happening to guys? It's like, they're just on the verge. Go ahead. Sorry. I actually think it's just baseball. I think baseball is a game where you stand around a lot. And I think if you, if you go from standing around, maybe you don't make a play in the outfield for a couple innings. You didn't come up and bat for a couple innings. You can go a long time without actually moving at full speed. And I think that's weird. I think that lends itself to random injuries. Huh. These these old like think think about swinging a baseball bat. You know, you go in a couple hours before the game starts. You take batting practice like two hours before the game, whatever. You go down. Game starts. It's been a couple hours. You take a few practice swings, and then you swing as hard as you can again. Like that's kind of weird by by nature compared to other exercise. That's I was thinking true. about this when uh, when Margot got hurt in that game. I think Taylor Walls came in to pinch run. 
And I thought, okay, so Taylor Walls off the bench. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't jogging between innings on a treadmill Mm-mm. in underneath. He has to come out right now. It's probably an hour and a half into the game. And he has to warm up really quickly, about two minutes, three minutes to like, loosen up his legs. And now he's going to try and score from second base. He's going to try and run as fast as he can right now. And this happens every team every day playing this way. But I think this is a game that is not really designed to keep your muscles like warm and loose. And I think that's why guys get hurt all the time. Interesting. That's an interesting point of view. So you're saying you could, how about like a, every three innings when they're changing the bases, you just stretch? Yeah. Well, I think what I would do if, if you said DVR, you're the director of, of exercise for a team or you're, you're in charge of sports science. Why not have stationary bikes in and around the dugout, behind the dugout, go underneath every every other inning. You go in, you pedal the bike, you loosen your legs, just keep the blood flowing. Like there's there just has to be more thought put into what you're asking people to do and how and when you're asking them to do it. Awesome. I like that. Thank you. That's really good. That's really, really good. That's why it seems so random. I forgot to tell you, as we wrap up our show, DVR's got to soft out. Um, I was walking down a pier the other day in New York. I had to go meet someone for breakfast. And, uh, you know, this is not part of the story, but like there's a, there's a city winery that's all the way on the west side, right on the water, um, right around like 20th. Uh, and they have musical acts. And next week, maybe this week, you know who's playing? Who? I love it. You know, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I think uh, maybe we could uh, shoot his manager a note and be like, hey, would you mind just being like, hey, this is Lyle Love It? <laughs> Listen, we've uh, got to call Vivid Seats and get us this coupon, man. Because um, people are... You, that's on you. you I mean, you... This is a you thing. Dang. You're giving but them I, so much free advertising. Dude, so much free advertising. And then people on Twitter are like, what are the what are what are the seats? What are the bar mitzvah seats? So let me just say for the record, I am sure that sections 13 through sections 27 are the bar mitzvah seats. I'm not sure it could be 11 to 29. I'm not sure. But the, there's two on the ends that that are I'm not sure get the free bar mitzvah seats. But anything from 11 to 27, I'm sure get the bar mitzvah well i'm not sure but i'm almost positive that's where the bar mitzvah seats are the next time i get a chance i look almost every day not that i'm gonna go but i just am always curious like and it seems like people are picking up on it because they're getting snapped up pretty quick so uh keep 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 snapping keep snapping everybody yeah keep <laughs> keep on snapping keep on from snapping. your friend ian yeah all right we gotta go uh, i think we've done enough damage to dvr schedule for the man Who's going to miss his flight because Ian had to mention a little leaguer's name 15 times. That's going to be really tough to explain to my dad as he's waiting at the airport at 1 (laughs) a.m. For the man who we all find it odd he has a friendship with Stephen Root yet has never done a Milton impression. Ian It's it's my stapler. It's it's my stapler. I have good stories about that, actually. We knew you had it in the arsenal. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope this is fun and informative. Uh, Look forward to a column coming soon for me with the 80% of research that I did on prospects uh, (laughs) probably this week that didn't make the show. All right, we'll talk to you later. We're going to go. Bye. Good show. Good show. Good talk. Good talk. Bye.